The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest creeps, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for a big, scary show. Terrifier, the upcoming Terrifier 2. And you're listening to the Big Scary Show. Kill you later. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jason Buterin. I'm the writer and director of Kill Giggles, and you are listening to the Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to the Big Scary Show. The top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Greetings, mortals. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. And of course, you're listening to the big, scary show. <laughs> Hello, this is Doug Sheldon from Grand Rapids, Michigan, owner of Beyond the Grave Marketing. And you're listening to the Big Scary Show. You're listening to the Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Hi, folks. It's Drew Badger. If I sound a little odd, it's because I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm hanging upside down. We had a special guest in the studio today, and he insisted I do it this way. So... It's, uh, our very special guest is, uh, Art the Clown from the Terrifier movies. Say hi, Art. Oh, that's right, you don't talk. But anyway, it's very exciting news because it is the official start to the haunt season. Haunted houses have started opening up. This weekend, more will open up, and over the next few weeks, the haunts that are opening this year will be opening, and that's one reason Art is here. He's celebrating all that. Right, Art? Great. What are you doing over there? Uh-huh. Oof, my head. Anyway, uh, this is episode 219 of The Big Scary Show. We have a great show for you. Uh, Storm will be ranting about, of all things, gender reveal parties. Needhook Jim is heading over to Scandinavia to talk between the corpses kind of cool. The Hauntstermentalist Jerry Vane is welcoming in the haunt season with some very special music to start it off right. I'm reading the latest in Deadline News. 
And, uh, eh, we decided to give Weister the show off so he could get started on his home hunt and all these other things. Art, what's that in your hand? Art, put it down. What? What is that? Eh. Anyway, folks, the other reason Art's here is because our round table of terror is all about the beginning of haunt season with our very special guest, David Howard Thornton, a.k.a. Art the Clown. So he's here, and he's given permission for us to use this music, and uh, we're not really talking about the Terrifier movies. Oh, did I say movies, plural? Oops, hope I didn't spoil anything. But we're just talking about Halloween and haunt season. He's a great conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. So be sure to stick around for that. As well, we have a gruesome giveaway for the month of September, and you know that our giveaways in September and October from Screamline Studios are always extra special. So be sure to listen in and enter the gruesome giveaway. Art? Art, is that a hacksaw in your hand? Uh Uh-uh. Wait, are you going to cut me down? Okay, come on over. You can cut me down now. Anyway, folks, blood's rushing to my head, so I'm going to go. But uh, this is episode 219 of The Big Scary Show with my special guest, Art the Clown. We hope you like it. Art? Art, that's not cutting me down. Art, what are you doing? Art, stop that! Art! Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. What was the incredible secret of the Crypt of the Living Dead? She's smart. 700 years smart. And she ain't about to get sealed up again. Crypt of the Living Dead. Kill me. Put this stake in my heart. Doomed to die one by one. Victims of the Killer Queen. You need more blood. Well, here I am, Hannah. Why don't you try me? Crypt of the Living Dead. This tomb must weigh three times. Don't. She's in there. Watch the fantastic horror of Crypt of the Living Dead. Rated PG. Rhythm Coffin, Monster Mash, with Davy Suicide and Calico of Beast Blanco, on The Big Scary Show. I was walking in the lab late one night, when my eyes beheld a scary sight, for my monster from slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It cut on in a flash. The monster mash. 
he did the monster mash A laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from the humble abodes To get a jolt from my electrode And then the monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash it was the monster match. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocky and all were digging the sound. Eagle on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive. With their vocal group, the crypt. They played the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. It was the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Drax's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened the lid and shook his fist and said, "Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist?" Now the monster mash And it's a graveyard smash It's gone on in a flash It's now the monster mash Everything's cool, Drax a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door Tell them the rhythm coffin sent you You can mash then you can monster mash The monster mash Into my graveyard smash Then you can mash You can shown in a flash The monster mash When you do my monster mash gentlemen boys and girls it is time for deadline news here on the big scary show with your host me drew badger bringing you all the latest in the haunted house halloween and horror industries hey folks it's drew badger this is deadline news for episode 219 haunt season has arrived we've got a lot of news for you but we're going to start off with some sad news from Darkwood's Haunted Attraction in Caledonia, Ohio. It is with a heavy heart that we announce that one of our actors has lost her battle with heart failure on August 31st at the all-too-young age of 32. Christina Wood of Marion, Ohio was a dedicated actor and supporter of the Deadwoods and had hoped to get one last haunt season in. She leaves behind a fiancé who also acted at the haunt, an aunt, and a whole lot of haunt friends. 
The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Christina Wood and offers up this moment of silence. Getting back to other news, we have this from the Haunted Orchard Haunted House in Willoughby, Ohio. Hello everyone, we're sorry to inform there will be no haunted house this year because of COVID. There's no way to social distance everyone, and it's not worth getting into it with the city since they work with us to have this. We'll take the year off, but no worries, we will be back next year. We're already working and buying some great things for next year. Yes, we are all bummed as well. Till then, stay safe, and we'll catch you next year. Keep up with updates on their Facebook page. We have this news from Burkett's or Burkett's Haunted Hayride in Man's Choice, Pennsylvania. Due to current social distancing, we'll only be operating the Haunted Woods and the Corn Maze. Both the Haunted Woods and Corn Maze have been lengthened to enhance your spooky experience. The Hayride will be suspended for the 2020 season, for obvious reasons. Go to our website to order your tickets now. Burkett's Haunted Hayride.com. We have this news from the McKinney Area JCs in McHenry, Illinois. As one of our favorite events and holidays approach, we the JCs have sadly decided that there will we will not be able to move forward with our haunted house this year. As COVID-19 is still prevalent, a lot of restrictions have been brought up in the haunted house industry to where we could not give you our patrons, a safe and great show. We want to keep everyone as safe as possible, and we're working on how to do that for 2021. We thank you for your understanding with our decision, and again, hope that we can put on a great show in 2021. Keep up with our updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash house. We have this news from Dead Time Dreams Haunted Attraction in San Jose, California. Hey folks, this year's theme will be Horror Alley. We're open 11 days. Check out our website for updates on the show. A reminder to those who are still planning to come out this year, check out our new COVID-19 response and disclaimers on our website. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And we hope to see you at Dead Time Dreams. Get all that information at deadtimedreams.com. We have this news coming from the deranged haunted attraction in Romulus, Michigan. Attention everyone, Halloween is not canceled. The deranged haunted trail will be opening to the public on Friday, September 25th. We'll be following CDC and local guidelines in order to open safely. While our full list is available at our website, here are some of the key changes we're making to ensure the safety of all guests and staff. We're limiting capacity. We recommend you purchase your tickets online and in advance as select nights could sell out. We'll have a virtual queue line so you can wait from the comfort of your vehicle. We're going to have temperature checks upon entry, an outdoor attraction and open air structures, social distancing between groups. And for full rules and guidelines, please visit our new website, derangedhaunt.com. 
We have this from the Houstonville Haunted House in Junction City, Kentucky. Our opening day is September 26th at 7:30 p.m. We have adjusted all our policies to ensure the highest protection for our staff and guests during the COVID-19 pandemic. All our lines will go one way with larger waiting spaces and hallways. We're limiting 6 per group. We're giving temperature checks prior to entry and masks are required for all guests. Hand sanitizing will be available prior to entering and all high touch points will be sanitized prior to each group entry into the haunted house. We will follow all CDC guidelines and we will strictly enforce these policies to ensure a safe and fun experience for everyone. We can't wait to scare you there while staying safe and somewhat sane. It's going to be big, so make your plans now to attend. This is our biggest renovation ever, and you don't want to miss it. Get more information at Houstonville H H. That's H U S T O N V I L L E H H. dot com. And finally, we have this news from American Horror Story. This comes to us via iHorror. dot com. It looks like American Horror Story's tenth season has started production. Creator Ryan Murphy took to Instagram recently to share some scary demonic fishman-looking teeth, along with a message to update fans. "Quote: Looks like American Horror Story season ten is go for an October production launch. That's fitting. Thanks to everyone who is working hard to assure a safe start for the cast and crew. And yes, this is a clue." Unquote. There is still no word on what theme the tenth season will go with. We do know that it may be taking place at the seaside. That fact, combined with the fishing Dagon-looking teeth Murphy posted, leads us to believe that this next season may be H.P. Lovecraft or aquatic horror-inspired. This, of course, is speculation. However, the seaside and the teeth, along with the fact that Lovecraft have recently become a trend, are all good indicators. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home haunt or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a haunt minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. All right. So one of the big stories in the news this week, of course, are the wildfires in California. One of these fires was set off accidentally. 
by a gender reveal party. Ah, yes, a gender reveal party. Apparently, you know, this is where you do an extravagant way of revealing if your baby's going to be a boy and a girl. And these things are the stupidest things possible. First of all, with this one, they use some sort of explosive device to blow up into pink or blue smoke. I think, you know, the joke is everyone knows that this kid's a boy. And it's, of course, set the dry grass on fire, which rage out of control. And now it's like a, you know, one of the giant wildfires out in California. Completely unnecessary, of course, because these gender reveal parties are, yes, completely unnecessary. So I fell down the rabbit hole of watching on um, YouTube what these are. First of all, it's just weird. They're having Some of them are having an incredibly large party. I mean, catered and DJs and stuff just to say, oh, it's going to be a boy or a girl on top of any other bridal parties or or anything else you're having. I mean, people are throwing down major coin for this, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And the people who show up are, uh, just, uh, this, they're, they're way more excited about if it's going to be a boy or girl than anyone really should be. And there's always one relative who is just vastly uh, more excited than everybody else. Like, they've, they've had money on this or something. I told you, I told what well, you had a 50-50 shot. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be one or the other, and, you know, that, that, that's how it is. And, and th- then you have the times when there's disappointment. So one of the stupid ones I've seen, of course, you know, is in Florida, and this guy is using a 12-foot alligator to do the gender reveal, and they have a balloon with, you know, uh, pink powder in it, and that's how they're going to reveal. So the guy's got this balloon on a stick, that he's trying to have the pissed-off alligator bite, which it does, and it's a big puff of pink smoke. And the douche is heartbroken. Oh, I don't have a son. I am not a man. I have not had a fourth a son. And literally drops a stick and walks away, like, dejected, like a little three-year-old who's not getting a toy at a store. Uh, leaving his wife there with the 12-foot alligator, who is now pissed off in a cloud of pink smoke. Um, the other weird thing that happens at these is this floating box. Ooh, yes, a floating box. And apparently, whoever's putting these together, which is always some awful relative, um, is securing the bottom flap. You're supposed to have this floating box over the parents-to-be, and they'll pull the rope, and the flap of the bottom of the box will open, and down will pour balloons that are pink and blue and confetti, and, and it's a lot easier, because then you're not buying helium balloons, which apparently, like, no one does. You know, you, you'll see them, if you have the box on the ground, people open it, and the balloons aren't coming out, because, you know, Uncle Eddie decided to save a couple bucks and not buy helium balloons. Anyway, these floating boxes... Apparently, whoever's building them secures the bottom flap with duct tape and the top flap, which is attached to a string to a tree or to a ceiling or to God knows what to create the floating box, uh, is using, you know, dollar shop scotch tape to secure that because every single time this box falls on whoever is pulling it open. Usually the mother-to-be who takes a box corner in the eye and drops to the ground in pain and screaming. 
Um, which there's a lot of screaming at these things too, which leads me go. Why are they these at haunts? I've seen a couple at Halloween parties, but I haven't seen one at a haunt. Wait, where's the where's the haunt gender reveal? Where, where are these zombies eating the torso and it's you know green or I mean, um, blue or or pink blood or something? You know where, where's where's the vampire you know eating blue or pink? blood or, 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 or I, I don't know they we're we're haunters we can come up with a hundred different ideas for this so you know uh, apparently this is a thing if you need some extra coin this year people will go out and will want to do extravagant you know gender reveals so do it with your haunt you know what what could be better than a 12-foot skeleton telling you if you're having a boy or a girl because apparently that's really important to some people and it's crazy so enjoy Go fall down the rabbit hole of gender reveal party fails on YouTube. It's it's amazing. And, uh, you know, avoid the floating box. And until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Storm. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Music that you are hearing, no doubt, signifies once again the Round Table of Terror is back. And folks, as of the time of this recording, welcome to haunt season. As of Friday, September 4th, the first haunt in the country opened to our knowledge, and more haunts are opening this weekend and next weekend, and by the next weekend, we should be in full swing. But in any other year, that would be a major cause for celebration. This year, it's just kind of, eh, we don't really know how it's going to turn out. We haven't heard anything about the haunts that were open this past week. So we don't know how things are going, how things are planning to shake out. Let's just say it's going to be a very interesting season. So we thought we'd just kind of talk about what's going on this year what are our expectations do we plan on going to visit a bunch of haunts are we going to uh see a lot of festivals and fairs and carnivals and 
all the stuff that we normally see during the Halloween season? We don't know. So we thought we'd talk about it. And uh, just thought we would warn you now, we have a very special guest with us. Wasn't coming on to talk about any particular topic, but he was on our show Ooh, a couple months back was a great guest on the Big Scary News. And for those of you who don't listen to the Big Scary News, shame on you. But uh, we thought we'd bring him back for the roundtable. So we want to introduce our very special guest, Mr. David Howard Thornton. If that name sounds familiar or not, you might think of the name Art the Clown from the Terrifier series. Oops, did I say series and not movie? I hope I didn't spoil anything. But David, you're with us from Europe place in queens new york correct correct thank you for having me man and it was so fun having you before we had to bring you back on again and, <laughs> and just talk halloween and of a little bit on your movies you've got some things to talk about with yeah. uh oh i said movies plural again so hmm for those yeah, who don't hmm. know we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that but i want to introduce our co-host as well up in rhode island home of stormy land we have storm Greetings from where it's finally actually having Halloween stuff in the stores. I still have not seen one of the, uh, you know, uh, very rare 12-foot skeletons in a Home Cheapo yet, but uh, still hoping to see one in in the wild. (laughs) Home Cheapo, I like that. (laughs) Nice. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. Storm, I've seen one in the wild. I saw it today. Like, like in somebody's yard or in a store? In the store. Oh, awesome. <laughs> in the store. 12-foot skeleton in the store. Normally, we would be welcoming Jerry Vane from Columbus right now, but unfortunately, basically the entire northern half of Ohio is under a tornado warning right now, and he's messaged us saying he had lost Wi-Fi and very bad weather. He may join us later. We don't expect him, but anyway, stay safe, Jerry. My name is Drew Badger. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, where, ha-ha, the sun has been out all day, and it's been a balmy, sweaty 80. So, finally, the fall is starting to creep around here. But, gentlemen, you know, haunts started opening this past weekend. My goodness, Labor Day weekend, and we have haunted houses going up. Who's excited about this? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, but I always get excited this time of year. What is it that makes this time of year so exciting, then? I I don't know. It's just I, I've always loved spooky stuff anyway, and, and this is when they put all the fun movies back on TV. And <laughs> so I prefer this season over the Christmas season. Oh, God, oh, yes. I always yes. loved Halloween as a holiday because you could be a little selfish for it. You know, it, it, it's about you. It's who has the best outfit, who's giving out the best candy, who's displaying the best. And that, you know, just that sense of, of a little bit of crispness in the air. You, you're not obligated to do a ton of stuff. You can be on your own pace and stuff. It's, it's mm-hmm. just weird on what's going, what everything's going to look like. But it, it is optimistic how things are changing with the times and. You know, there's a real big effort to have events and things out there and still say, st- stay safe and not push, you know, numbers up. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, nope. to, I've got to agree with you, Storm, <clears throat> regarding that. But, um, you know, how many of these places 
I mean, I wouldn't expect this out of anybody, but there's going to be places that might not be as uh, clean. Uh, they're not. They're they're not. Sorry, I'm having a hard time right yeah, now. Yeah, it's uh, you might have to do more research this year. And some uh, I've seen some haunts which are really doing drastic changes, right. just to still have an event this year. You know, uh, was it in the past week? Headless Horseman out in New York which is such a big thing, they're saying that their hayride will be a drive-through. More power to them if they can do that. I, yeah. I hope every everything can be done safe and everything. You know, we worry about how people show up to events, you know, uh, sometimes inebriated and a little cocky and stuff. You know, if you get a carload of three or four people, you know, can your haunt do it safe and everything? I think if yeah. somebody can, they can. Uh, one of the big haunts up here in New England, Barrett's Haunted Mansion. Small little house, you know, very compact. The uh, the long queue line was always their big thing. So, really, for them to do something with as tight as um, Massachusetts is on some of the regulations and to really showcase stuff, they went completely different. And they're actually going to do this season, instead of a haunted house, they will do a haunted drive-in thing. So I think they're going to show some, uh, you know, uh, movies, and I think they'll have what would normally be their queue line actors, uh, you know, in the parking lot, maybe walking by cars and that type of thing. So that'll be very inter interesting this year, especially since that is a um, very charity-friendly haunt. A lot of charities actually man the inside of the house, so I haven't seen exactly what they're planning to work with with charities and stuff to have that, whether they're doing concessions or, you know pushing things uh for individual nights but uh you know it's a very stream back but very creative way to do the season this year i think you're just gonna have to i mean pretty much every haunt that says they're going to be open has said we're going to require masks we're going to have hand sanitizer everywhere you know time ticketing is going to be the big thing we don't want you hanging around in a queue line which is going to put a hurting on a lot of great queue line actors, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm sure you know, people will adapt. People will modify. You know, I know that if you've listened to the news, we're running about half and half with, uh, sorry, Haunt X is not opening this year, but Haunt Y will be. And we're hiring. You'll just have to wear a mask, and you'll have to sanitize your costume after each use, and you'll have to do this and do that. So... I think it's going to play out to be a very interesting season. You know, down here in the Carolinas, I would say the vast majority of the haunts down here are outdoor trails. So there is the opportunity to be at least a little bit more socially distant than inside, you know, smaller and compact, narrow hallways inside buildings and things. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I, I, I'm very curious because I last year I... Um... I was at Pinhead's Graveyard there in North Carolina. Yes. And, yeah, and that, that was a, one of those outside trail haunts. So I, I need to talk to Tom to see what, what, if he's actually doing that again this year. Uh, we have not heard one way or the other from them yet. So yeah. I'd have to do a little bit of uh, research into that, maybe put that on the next news. We'll have to yeah. see. Yeah, that's so. a, I, I need to send him a message and say, hey, because <laughs> I know – that's not, that's something you know he and his family live for every year is doing that and it's it's a great little uh, haunted trail thing that they do it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Were you there? Uh, R. A. Mihailov, who's a good friend of the show, mm -hmm. has been there many many years in a row, and I don't know if you were there at the same time he was. 
We weren't there at the same time, but I, I was there a few weeks before he was. So yeah, the, the, he he was um he he was the one telling me all about it too. He's like, oh, they're gonna treat you so well. They're gonna you know they're just gonna treat you like a king while you're there. You're you're gonna have so much fun. And he was so right about it. They, I had a blast at that one. They, they, I was just at the very end of it and got to like you know do autographs. But I I went through every night with basically the last group too, and they wouldn't know I was with them. And then I would like freak them out at the end. I would have fun with that. That sounds fun. Did yeah. they have an art down in the uh, in the maze? Yeah, uh, Thomas actually uh, played art. He he usually <laughs> would play another character, but last year he decided to do art. So he had this whole entire routine is art, where he he brought someone up and I like, had them sit on his lap and do like the the selfie pose, and he gave them a ring, and then he like pulled back a curtain. There's a body hanging upside down. And he cut through the body. <laughs> so it, he, he had fun. Oh, it was so cool. He was so nervous. Like the first time I went through it, he was, you could tell he was just shaking because I was watching what he was doing. And I was like, oh, no, no, you did great. But on your end, what's that like to, to you know, be in the boots of that character and see other people portraying it? You know, it's something that we as, as haunters and haunted attractions, we, we mm-hmm. a lot of people try and do characters like that in some haunted attractions. What's it like seeing somebody else doing their uh, twist on it? It, it's pretty cool. Like uh, with it was with Thomas. I mean, I could tell that he had watched the movie over and over and over again. So he was getting a lot of my basic gestures down and stuff like. So he did a great job. He was just so nervous about doing it in front of me. He's like, "Oh God, Dave's going to be totally judging me." I'm like, "No, dude, you did great." <laughs> and, and for the shows and stuff, I know I've seen some people doing cosplay for Art the Clown. Have you ever seen any gender bent Art the Clowns? Any female ones? I have. I, I've seen and some of them really been really creative. Like this one person, uh, I think it was when I was in Chicago at Days of the Dead. Uh, she did a gender bent version, and it was almost like a gender bent version of her character and Jennifer Rubin's character for um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three with the, the the mohawk and everything like that. So it was like, wow. yeah, it was like it was like, oh my god, this is really creative. Cool. And then I've, I've I've even seen like there was a, a little girl when I was at. Um, Atlantic City at, at, at New Jersey Horicon, she she dressed as, as art, but she also had long hair and stuff like that. So it was, it was really cool seeing like some of the creative things people have done with it. There's nothing cooler than seeing the little kids embracing some of this stuff. You know, they they really yeah. don't know exactly what the, what the horror thing is. But I still my favorite patron out of any time I've ever worked at a haunted attraction mm-hmm. was a little kid named Logan who couldn't have been more than three or four, just old enough to wander around and cause trouble. Yeah. And I'm this scary skeleton that you know teenage girls and college football players are running from. This <laughs> kid. Nope, wants pictures with me, hanging out. You know, it's it's. I could have been Mickey yes. Mouse. I, who knows? But you know, definitely a future haunter and future horror fan there. And you just love seeing that sometimes because there's so much stuff in the world to actually be scary about. If you can have fun with that stuff at a younger age, you know, yeah. I, I even think you know, did I miss out on some things because I was so terrified of horror movies and stuff? And then when you actually mm-hmm. start watching them, you you sort of start to get it, and you go, oh no, I'm not a twisted freak for liking this there's there's an element here which you know it you know takes you away it's it 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 takes you out of the actual horrors and stuff you might have to face every day and just puts a different spin on it exactly you feel like you've survived a horrible experience with them as well so it takes you on that journey so i i think that's what it's about is that that um that 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 thrill of surviving 
vicariously through these other characters. But have you seen a stormtrooper with the clown? <laughs> Not yet. That would be awesome. That would. Oh my gosh, I would totally because I love Star Wars so much. So, and, and that would make sense too, doing the Star uh, Stormtroopers art the clown. So, the if you guys out there hearing this now, you know, take that as a challenge to do. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, all, all you people out in LA, stop building jetpacks, start building your art the clown stormtrooper, <laughs> <laughs> or do a flying art the clown stormtrooper. There That'd you go, be <laughs> rocketeer art the clown. Exactly. <laughs> Well, this would be a good segue to uh, to ask you a question about Art the Clown. As, as we reported on the Big Scary News a week or two ago, you have an upcoming comic book series. Yes. And tell us a little bit about this. How, uh, how did that come about? Were you approached by it, or did they tell you they were doing it and whether you wanted them to or not? Or, or what kind of input do you have in this? I really had no clue this was going on. I think this is a, a, a creation between uh, Damien and the artist uh, Steve McGinnis, who's up in Canada, who's a fantastic artist. I, I love it. He, he should really one day get down here and do the convention scene because he, he has amazing prints. I, I actually bring one of his prints, well, actually two of his prints with me to conventions. Uh, one of them's uh, the Scooby-Doo print I have of art with Daphne upside down about the hacksaw her and the gangs all like jumped up in uh, uh, Velma's arms and you know I, I love that picture that, yeah. that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet oh I love it I that, that's Steve's work he's so talented and so Damien and Steve were working together creating a uh, a, um, a graphic novel of Terrifier and they're actually adding some extra bits into it that didn't make it into the movie, which I think is cool. So there's a little bit more lore explored in there. So this is based off more of the movie than some kind of further adventure of? Correct, correct. So yes, it's the graphic novelization of the movie. I see. But yeah. three issues, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. I've uh, Steve likes to update me all the time on new uh, panels that he's been drawing, and they look fantastic. So I assume that will be available at your local comic book shop at some point, or will this only be available online? I think for right now it might be just available online. I'm not sure. Like that's all out of my hands. Is I, I think um, Damon recently uh, set up a website just to sell our own merch. I think it's arttheclown.com, and so I know it'll be available on there. I, I think we're about to start doing our own like uh, clothing line as well. Oh my. Yeah, and also yeah, so. for for our audience too, uh, when we're talking Damien, we're talking Damien Leone, the uh, director and writer for Terrifier, correct? Correct, correct. Excellent. No, don't want to leave anybody confused on that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not the actual real Antichrist, just the guy <laughs> named after the Antichrist. So, <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you do know like, a lot of people in this industry. So, yeah, well, it's like <laughs> Damien's wanting because you know. We, we've gone to so many of these conventions, and we've seen so many, uh, you know, fan art, the clown merchandise and stuff like that. He's he, he's like, well, we need to capitalize on this more and actually make our own merchandise instead. So you know that that way we can fund future films and everything that way as well. So it's just like uh, it's like <laughs> it's it's the business side of show business that he's having to look at right now, and I think it's a smart idea. Absolutely. So just want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We're talking about the Halloween 2020 season with our very special guest, actor David Howard Thornton. 
aka Art the Clown, along with Storm at Meathook Gym. Jerry is not with us tonight. We're going to take a real short break, and we will be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Roundtable of Terror with our very special guest, Mr. David Howard Thornton, a.k.a. Art the Clown, our usual co-host, minus Jerry who's having some weather-related issues. We wish him the best for that. But uh, we were talking during the break about various things, and the word Karen came up. And my God, <laughs> if there's ever been a, a name that has described 2020, it is Karen. And, you know, as you may have seen on our Facebook pages and social medias, there's a Karen mask out there right now that has just been revealed. And, you know, no offense to anyone named Karen out there. <laughs> But, oh my God, what what are your thoughts on this and, and some of the um, costumes? Have you guys seen some of the costumes that people have started to reveal in the stores and things yet? I, I've seen the mask, but I haven't seen any flat-out Karen costumes, but I think that's hysterical. Oh, I'm going to make a mistake and probably have to clear my Google search. But while we discuss this, I'm going to have to... Put in my search, sexy Karen costume. I'm oh, sure no. This will mean burning my computer later. <laughs> I can only imagine what you come up with. That's I just a... love that they've finally given a name to these people. Oh, I love it. And it's so appropriate. I mean, after 13 years of waiting tables, I don't know how many Karens I oh. dealt with. Oh, oh my God. It's well, th th there's a T-shirt. Thank God. There's, there's a T-shirt. Other than that, it's just ears. So, you know, the, the normal sexy outfits, which... Yeah. Uh, of course. Of course. Like, se sexy hot dog and all that kind of sex stuff. She's got Sexy nice Freddy Cougar is still one of my... Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'll, we'll have to look at the spirits if there's a sexy Art the Clown. Oh, my God. As if That's... Art the Clown isn't sexy already, oh, but course. I mean... <laughs> yeah. He is a handsome Man. gentleman. There, there have been few of those. I, I, there's this one cosplayer. It's she's done sexy art, the clown, and I'm like, oh wow, that makes me feel weird things. <laughs> <laughs> it's disturbing well, on many levels. Uh, let, yeah. let me let me ask you this, David. Um, being that you know you're art the clown, I mean, do you get a little pr protective of the character at times? A little, but you know, like yeah, I, I understand it. It is what it is, and I, you know, I, I kind of I see the fun in all of that kind of stuff. So it's like if people are doing some interesting things with it, I'm like, go ahead. I, I find it, you know, as as flattering because people, you know, they want to do their own take on it. So I'm like, sure. that's cool. Okay. He's being nice in the back of his mind. Every time he sees somebody cosplaying art and talking, he just wants to say, "No, quiet, be quiet." <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because, like, when I do my cameo videos, I put on my art mask, but I talk. So it's just <laughs> <because> <laughs> oh my god! 
Yeah, but I, I do because I'm like I, I can't like I can't hold up a sign and hold my phone and everything at the same time and make it work well. So I'm like, oh screw it, I'm gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it with like my Joker voice basically. So I'm like, oh well, it is what it is. All right. I think Jim. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to get off the Karen thing, but I, I'm hoping more haunts and 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 you know. Uh, horror movies do something with with karen and maybe a future terrifier whether whether it's a movie and he wanders into a karen anti-halloween convention (laughs) or or a short where a karen mistakes him for the birthday clown she rented Uh, i mean either of those would be just fantastic where have you been you were supposed to be here 15 minutes ago and this is supposed to be little johnny's birthday party and everything's supposed to be perfect and you're not here on time why why do you have blood on you what's with that that's not that's not very pc oh my god i can only imagine (laughs) that is theaters open up you need to do a one person karen versus art you know off broadway production there (laughs) that is brilliant Oh my gosh! Just like I said, I, I waited tables for thirteen years. I, I'm, I'm so many, so many times I would get like, okay, when I get my salad, I want to have this on the side, and this on the side, and substitute this and this and this, and make sure I have extra dressing, but it's got to be on the side. And then I have to have lemon, and you have to give me lemon on the side. And it's like, uh, and then it comes out. It's like I, this is not enough. Excuse me. And you see them dump the dressing right on the salad as it would have been anyway. And I'm like, ah, it's oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. And you get maybe a dollar tip at the end of it after you've dealt with it. I, I had this one woman I remember was like when I was on the Upper East Side, she got a Cobb salad, which is, for those that don't know, Cobb salads are usually the ones that had the most ingredients you can get. And she wanted every ingredient on the side. So her whole entire table is covered in ingredients. And then she just mixed them all together as you would have in the salad from the get-go she just, just go went, to ruby tuesday oh my god it was it was just like ooh. ooh. anytime this woman came in we're like uh-oh we, we, we would rochambeau on who who took care of her <laughs> it was like this woman she she was like one of these people that was also like like my broccoli rob is too hard my sauteed broccoli rob is too hard i'm like that is like the one that the softest things you can order on the menu. I'm like, how is this too hard? It is green leafy vegetable. <laughs> and it's sautéed. That stuff what? looks at a frying pan. It goes soft. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when you are killing people in your movies, did you ever imagine them to be like former customers and things? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's actually a, like sometimes when... I, I, w- I was on the job. I would just come up with the uh, kills because I was like, "How would I creatively kill this person <laughs> that's really <laughs> pissing me off right now?" <laughs> oh, oh my god! The stories I have of those days. I, the, uh, probably the best one was a person that wasn't even my table. Was she was a total Karen, and she like grabs my arm when I'm not even in full uniform yet, Ooh. not on the clock yet either. And she grabs my arm, pulls me over to the table, so I'm already pissed off. I'm like, do not touch me. And she's like, I told my waiter that I wanted five cubes of ice in my water, and he gave me six. Oh no! What are you gonna do about this? And I'm like, uh, just give it a few minutes. It becomes water. Yeah, and then I come back. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Five cubes in her water? Yes, she had too much solid water in her liquid water, and she was upset. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it gets oh. better, though. I, I come back when I'm in full uniform on the clock and everything, and she's like, hey, yeah, excuse me, waiter, come over here. I'm like, okay, what? Yes, yes, ma'am, because I have to be nice. Even though in my head I'm, like, saying every word I can't say out loud. <laughs> and she's like, stop, look at this, look at this. And there's this giant puddle of water on her table. I'm like, oh, no, what happened? She's like, I did not want that extra cube of ice in my water because you didn't take it away. And so I took it out myself and put it on the table and look what happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, it became water. And I walked away. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about this? I'm like, it'll evaporate. It'll become oh, someone, gas. Someone's married to that person. Oh, I know. I'm like, that poor guy is probably sterile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there, there has to be a haunt out there that needs to use these ideas. Oh, someone's got to have a Karen room. They, they got, someone's oh, got to do a Karen room. room. Oh. Oh, oh, my God. That's that'd a new the thing scariest, in the Karen room. That'd be room. the scariest room in the place. i got to call and contact my friends. Like, you've got to do a Karen room. Oh, the, the Just, hallway leading into it will be, you know, champagne corks and um, uh, biscuit um, croissant uh, packages. Yeah, you got to have a Red Hat Society lady in there, too. Oh, you know what? They... They can be annoying, but they we we used to have them come through our hayride, and they were fun. Yeah, they, so they were actually they're fun. Nice One or that two way. would have a red witch hat. Even they got yeah. into it mainly because they were probably sloshed. But yeah. they were fun on the hayride. Fun on a hayride, not fun when you're waiting tables, though. No, no, I can see that. <laughs> it's like we don't have them up here in New York, but when I lived in Alabama, we had them, and we would see them all coming. We're like, oh no. <laughs> the red, the red hat society is a big thing down south. We yeah. would see them every now and then, especially if you go to someplace like Savannah or Charleston. There, there are lots of places like that. Oh, but yeah. you bring up Alabama, you know, I've I've worked at a couple of haunts and trained actors at a couple of haunts in Alabama. They have some surprisingly really, really fantastic haunts down there that just oh, don't yeah. get the recognition as, you know, some of the haunts in the Midwest. When you were growing up there, did you go to a lot of haunts or what was I, your... Uh, what was oddly your, enough, uh, I did not because it wasn't because I was a big chicken. It's just I'm one of these people when I, when I get scared in those kind of situations, I punch... <laughs> and I didn't want. That's why I usually don't go through haunted houses and stuff like that because yeah. I, I I will punch people and I'm like I don't. Especially now I don't want to be on the news. I'm like, Art the clown punches out Art the clown. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for gritty. Yeah. All actors hate you. So. Oh yeah. Sounds like. But I love doing. I used to like back when I was in college. We would do uh, my fraternity. For our fundraiser, we would do a, a haunted house in our basement of our dorm every year. Oh, so that nice. was a lot of fun. That was, oh, God, I love doing that. Especially one year I played a, a mental patient. I just had so much fun with that because I would, I would make people so uncomfortable. I, I loved it when I would get, like, the big jocks where <laughs> they were, like, simpering in a corner, like, man, stop, man, stop, 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 stop. I made one guy cry. That made me so happy. <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh, I had. I love to scare people. I love to scare people. It, it is something just exhilarating. I mean, you know, it, it it's, just you've it, you've you, you've altered that person's reality for a split second that they feared for their life, and it yeah, it is fantastic because you also know you put a lot into it. Mm -hmm. Right up from the design of your character, everything you're doing, the scene that's built around you, or 
or you know even picking you know in your house the right hallway to you know jump out your mom or something you know my mother to this day will still complain to my brother because one time he put one of those hands that you you know would have hanging out of a trunk you know it's got mm-hmm. the sleeve of the arm and the rubber hand <laughs> you know pick it up at like a store for like five six bucks yeah he put it in the bread drawer and one day my mother just you know reached into the bread drawer not looking or anything and like shook the hand <laughs> traumatized forever but it was perfect i mean you know we 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 i i i i don't think we i i don't think we were even allowed to eat toast that night i think it's just microwave peas because my mom was done just no nope, no nope, we're, we're not cooking we're not doing anything no one's the bread drawer nope it's it's going to get moldy she's not going in it for a week that's like that. great. Oh, I, yeah. love it. I, I love it. See, my mom and I, we had a competition. We are always trying to scare each other. So it was, it was ongoing. You never knew when someone was going to jump out. Because my mom was one of those people where, you know, if I, I scared her or made her laugh too hard, she would pee in her pants. Oh, goodness. So that was always my thing, was trying to get my mom to pee in her pants. <laughs> and she would always try to get me back. It's like we had a weird guild going on with each other where we're just like, it's just a, a never-ending cycle of trying to scare the shit out of each other. And I was also like that with my roommate here uh, I had for a while here in New York, my best friend Noah. But when we, we would go back and forth scaring each other. And like I, the, the what really got, got him one time was he's got a huge fear of zombies. See, he won't watch anything that's got zombies in it, won't play any video games that got zombies in it, nothing. He Zombies make him crap his pants. And so it was the night that he was going out with his girlfriend, and I told him I was going to go out with my girlfriend time that night, and I totally lied, and I, instead I got my <laughs> old theater kid out and put zombie makeup on myself, and I didn't know what time he was going to be back. So I'm the type of person, I will commit to a scare. <laughs> And so I I sat in my bathtub for three hours. I brought my Kindle in there with me. I brought pillows and everything like that, snacks, all that kind of fun stuff, just to keep myself entertained because I didn't know when he was going to get back. So he finally comes back, and he goes to use the bathroom. Thank God, number one. (laughs) (laughs) So he's over there washing his hands afterwards. And I just pull back the curtain. I just, I've never heard the guy scream so much in his life. Oh my god, it was worth it. It's like I I love doing that kind of stuff. Like my roommate in college, I one time hid under his desk for like two or three hours while he was studying, and then grabbed his leg and started snarling like a beast. Scared the crap out of him. Another time, like hid in his closet when he was going through his clothes in the morning. So he's half awake and half asleep, and I was like on one inside of one of his coats, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy!" <laughs> he's oh. like, "Ah!" It got to the point where he was so paranoid. Like, if I can- if he came in the room and did not see me, he's like, "Okay, David, come out. I know you're <laughs> in here, man." And like one time he's doing that, and I'm just coming down the hallway, and I hear him in there doing that. I'm like, "Oh, this is too funny." So I just creep up behind him while he's doing that, and he turns around. And I'm like, "Hey, buddy!" <laughs> he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> I, I love it. I assume he's, he's no longer your roommate, right? Oh no, no, this is back in college. <laughs> yeah, it's just like now my current roommate. I don't scare him because he's a bouncer and he's a very oh. big guy. He and he's like he's like me. He's the type that punches back too. So it's like he will scare me and I will punch him because he can take a punch, but I won't do that to him because I know I'll probably go flying through a wall. <laughs> 
But I'll scare, scare other people. I'll scare like the girls he's dating or like my other roommate and stuff like that. No problem. I, I just like I just know Mike is you know nope. I can't scare him. Nope. I don't want to get my face bashed in. <laughs> it, it is such an evil superpower to have too. When, when you figure that out and you know how to do it, especially when friends oh, are yeah. like dating people, because you always you you will ask questions to figure out what the person they're dating is afraid of. Mm-hmm. And I had one friend, and the girl he was dating was afraid of balloons. And I'm like, <laughs> well, okay. That's I mean, oddly. Oh, that's, that's too easy. No, I know. You can leave them anywhere in closets and stuff. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> what a funny fear. <laughs> but, but it worked and stuff. I think one yeah. time I did manage to hook a balloon onto like her back belt loop. <laughs> and it started running was fantastic because like, <laughs> running around their yard with the balloon going i'm like well this, this party just got fun oh my god that had to have been hysterical oh yeah, my these, god. these are sometimes you know when, when i was younger and in college and stuff i, I sort of wish you know cell phones had the videos and I youtube guess. was more of a thing because either i'd be a millionaire or in jail one of the two. Oh yeah no, oh, no in between same here. I, I would have had a whole YouTube series of scaring my roommate in college. It's just like, how to scare Chad. Because <laughs> he like, was so funny. He wouldn't scream. He would just make his oh, 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 sound, which is the funniest sound in the world to me. So I was like, anytime I got that sound, I was like, yes! That's oh, hilarious. I, 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 will, I do those deep dives on YouTube at time from time to time where I just like to watch videos of people getting scared. Go down the rabbit hole. Oh, it's so much fun. I, I will sit here just laughing my ass off all night doing that. And again, so with uh, hopefully haunts and ahead. stuff will embrace this year. I, I, I've been surprised more haunts and, and attractions and stuff haven't been advertising. You know, if you'd think three, four years ago, VR stuff was supposed oh, to be yeah. the big thing. 360 cameras and stuff. There's nobody advertising a VR haunt right now. Yeah, you're right. There should be. I know. Yeah, it, it, you'd think that would be like the, the smartest thing to do right now. But <clears throat> in fact, I think you mentioned it earlier with uh, headless horsemen. You know, the big thing now is a lot of people are doing these drive-through haunts. Yeah, and that's either going to be really, really cool or really, really bad. What do you? Would you guys do that? Would you work or attend a drive-through haunt this season? Uh, I, I I might attend one just to see what it's like. But, you know, I, I wouldn't do it with my car. I'd do it with someone else's car. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. Yeah, the blood and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's, I've, I've been on Zombie Walker, too. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, the stores do not like the syrup on the windows. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I think I would I think I'd go through one. As a matter of fact, here in Rhode Island, they have a big jack-o'-lantern festival at the zoo. Mm-hmm. And this year, they're going to make it drive-through. So I guess they'll take up part of the parking lot. And I don't know if you're going through, you know, the elephant enclosure or whatever. But, you know, it, it will be a drive-through. And that, that, that might be on the agenda. Uh, there, there's, as a matter of fact, I've been seeing a lot of ads and stuff. There's this Jurassic Quest thing, which was like a big mm-hmm. interactive robot a dinosaur thing cool. and that's actually going on up here it's like $50 a car and they say an hour experience but when you look at the mp3 file you can download for the tour it's only half an hour okay. uh, but still half an hour thing and they took their giant you know 
m mobile and, and stationary dinosaurs and have it as a drive-through. So I think yeah. it, it's interesting, it's possible. As an actor, I'd be very interested in the safety plan and in, in, in what they plan to do and, and you know how prepared for worst-case scenario they are. Oh, yeah, because that, that's something you definitely have to think about. It's like, well, someone gets a little bit scared and hits the gas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so not worth it. I've, I've worked on Hayride, and we had a bad accident one year because a actor was in between the trailers as it was moving and lost his footing oh, and no. got run over. And he was real lucky that it wasn't a whole lot worse. Yeah. Uh, but he had to go to hospital. He, he had some injuries. His leg was broken up pretty bad. But, I mean, you you have a hayride these were lightweight trailers but you still got 30 40 people on them oh yeah that's and, a lot you know, of weight yes and you know it, it could have been a whole lot worse but it's it's something we we told tell the actors all the time it's not worth the scare you don't need to be hanging off it as it's leaving the scene we clearly have a signal for when you get away from it you know it gives about 10 seconds before the hayride starts back up again and you know you just go for that last scare and it, it, there's a point where it, there's no return it's not worth it you've scared the person enough you don't need the the fifth time the 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 monster at the end of the movie opens his eyes you're good with four yeah <laughs> so what are your plans for 2020 and this goes out to all of you guys i mean you know you might do a drive in or drive through haunt uh, you know, Jim, I, I think Dent Schoolhouse is open this year. Storm, I don't know what's open in your area. You know, there's a couple of them in this area that say they're going to be open and have, uh, you know, have been advertising that they are. Or are you guys planning on hitting up a couple of haunted houses this year? Or like Storm said, the, the jack-o'-lantern or pumpkin festivals or anything like that? Given the circumstances. Well, I might just play it by ear. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the same. I'm play it by ear. I'm definitely going, you know, get my yard. I like to do a lot of jack-o'-lanterns and, and fun stuff like that. I'm going to try and up that up a little bit this year. So have that displayed out there a little bit earlier, a little bit more fun uh, just on my lawn. But for haunted attraction, I mean, you know, we've, in the different phases we've had in Rhode Island, we've had some dining, you know, outdoor and indoor uh but we, we haven't gone out to a restaurant to dine indoors or anything yet just because, you know, it's like, well, play it a little safe, see how it goes. And, you know, it really hasn't been a huge occasion for it. You know, it's gotten so used to, like, you know, going doing the curbside pickup and then just having dinner or something out on the porch at the house or something. You know, even yeah. getting ice cream last night. We Instead of sitting around there and everything and going in between the mask and, you know, sitting around, you know, play it safe and come back you know we're, we're in a category where you know possibly if we get the covid it might affect us uh, worse than most people with some of uh, you know pre-existing conditions so <clears throat> my wife and i you know watch out for that so to play it by year do i think i'll go through like a haunted house i'm not sure there, there's a local one here um with the ymca that has been doing something for like 35 years I might trust that they might have something spaced out, see if they have the time ticketing, maybe drive by it a night before just to see what's going on and if people aren't on top of each other. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really think, if anything, a drive through an outdoor haunt would appeal more and something to go through, you know? Yeah. Would, would I go up to Haunted Overload and check that out before going to, like, an indoor haunt in the area? Most likely. How about you, Jim? <clears throat> well... 
I'm going to be playing it by ear as well. Um, the, I do know that I will be at Backwoods Oddities one night. Um, but other than that, I'm just going to play it by ear. I mean, I'm. I mean, Dent. I know the Dent's going to have all the safety things in place. I might go over there and check it out. Um, but you know, it's all going to be a, a. It's a wait and see. You know, we you'll see what's going on and. Sure. I might go up the carnage as well. I told Jason I would come up, so I'll know. Okay. I know I'll at least be at those two. Right. Well, it should be a an interesting season, nonetheless. You know, are there uh, are there still going to be Halloween festivals or special movie things going on where you guys are? I know that the. Uh, like the state fair usually happens in October in North Carolina. It's been canceled. The local county fair has been canceled. So all the traditional fall things that I like to do with the family have, have all been canceled. So well, I don't know what's, uh, what's really going on. You know, fall's really when every small town here, at least one weekend in September or October, one of the small towns around here has some little craft fair Everyone's showing off their, you know, what they make and what they sell and food and music and all that stuff. And I just have not heard of any of them going on this year yet. So, you know, how how do you think this is going to affect traditions and things like that? Or have you guys heard of stuff that is that is coming back? Um, I don't know. Some shows and stuff. I mean, like, even up here in New England, <clears throat> apple picking is such a big thing. And there are already some... Some fields, which are saying they're not doing it, they're you know you're, it's not going to be pick your own apples. You know they they just can't set it up for that and, and and not know exactly how it is. Others are still raring to go. For shows and stuff, uh, some of it is it's hit miss. I I think they uh, just had a horror sideshow market down in like Allentown, Pennsylvania this weekend, and I think it's all outdoors and more like a, a flea market feel. And, uh, you know, from some of the pictures, you know, a bunch of vendors I like to follow from some of the shows in the past, um, you know, see how they're doing because it's so tough on them right now. And you could see it was, you know, some socially distanced some the, the booths weren't on top of each other. It looked like there's a lot of space is set up in parking lots. So hopefully, you know, some more of that can happen. But it's so weather dependent. I mean, you know, it, it, are you going to be able to book and do uh, some sort of outdoor show or uh, event like that in October. Even in New England, that's a hit and miss. It could be 90 degrees October 1st and snowing October 31st. Interesting. And what about in New York City? What kind of, you know, I, I don't report a lot of stuff on it on the news because mm -hmm. I don't hear a lot of stuff. What's, what's big in New York City in October for Halloween? Well, I, I think I heard uh, from my friend because she works at it. Blood Manor is going to be doing theirs still, so I, I'm interested to see how they'll be doing. I guess they'll be doing like small groups going through, and or I, I need to ask her about that. But I, I think uh, the Chrysler Mansion on uh, Staten Island also just got uh, a permit to be able to do theirs as well. But I think they're they're they're. Um, toning theirs down some and like uh, you know how big it is so they can make it more you know socially distanced um, affair sure yeah so it's, I know it's going to definitely you know impact all these people because like I mean not just here but like um, 
where we filmed part of Terrifier 2 down in uh, Philly at Fright Factory. That That's a big, huge haunt that they have down there. I, I, I need to find out what they're doing about that this year because they want us to come this year to do, like, you know, an appearance there and stuff like that. I doubt if that's going to happen right now, but, you know, this... Yeah, I'm very curious because you know some of these places. That's what they, that's you know that's their whole purpose during the year. They have this whole building they use that they uh, you know build their haunts in. So like that's I don't know. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing. Nobody really knows. So yeah. you know some haunts have started as I said earlier, and you know we're diving into the season head first and. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully most of these haunts that are closing this year, they've all said without a without a, a doubt that they're going to be back in 2021 and they're going to be bigger and better than ever. And yeah. and I, I have no <clears throat> doubt that's going to happen. And I oh, think yeah. the 2021 Halloween season is going to be nothing short of spectacular because everyone's going to be trying to outdo everybody. Yeah. Now, you know, back in May, the... Uh, beer factory in salt lake city was open for for their event right in the middle of the pandemic and we had the mm-hmm. owners on the show and they had a lot of social distancing and sanitation and all sorts of crazy guidelines but one thing that really struck me was they had the crowds they sold yeah. out for friday night saturday night they had to shut down the show because there was rioting nearby which we <laughs> won't get into but but it looks like people are still itching for Halloween entertainment this year. So hopefully, and, and with less choices to go around, the people who are choosing to stay open are going to be able to to fare well with uh, whatever the precautions that they're taking. Here's hoping, and like, because that's that's what sucks is like it's really hurting all these you know like small businesses that this is this is how they make their money for most of the year, and it's just like oh my gosh, it's like so if they play it safe is much as possible then the uh hopefully it can work out well for them sure now uh one thing you did just mention and and we said we would touch on this um mm-hmm. you mentioned the words terrifier 2 so did i know going yes you did <laughs> i know you, i know you've been in quarantine for the past six months so i mean have you been able to work on it what's what's going on with that because i know it has been you know it is common knowledge that there was a sequel coming out yeah, we were almost finished when we went into quarantine. And um, so we've only had just a few scenes to, to film since then. And we've been able to do some off and on because they reopened most of oh, basically all of New York State. So we were able to do that again. So Because uh, like where we were filming was upstate New York in the middle of nowhere in Amish country. So we, we filmed the first <laughs> big, huge uh, kill of the scene earlier this summer. And then I filmed another scene... Uh, few weeks ago but we we decided like let's let's hold off and filming the rest of my scenes because it was too hot that night and i was sweating so much and so my makeup just started off my face and it's like every take dame would have to come in and like re-glue things to my face because i was just sweating so much so i'm supposed to be filming uh my last big kill scene later on at the end of this month or early october because the weather will be cooler so i'm excited about that because that's it's it's a scene we're hoping is going to rival the hacksaw scene in the first film. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's 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 it's, it's we we filmed the first part of the scene uh, way before the quarantine happened. It's just like now we have to bring all the prosthetics into it, and so but even when we we're filming that part of the scene, we had some crew members that had to excuse themselves from the set because they were getting queasy. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, 
which is funny. Like one of the guys is a big, huge horror guy, and he's like, I, "Guys, I, I gotta, I gotta sit down." <laughs> Nobody on the uh, set got sick from COVID. I hope. No, we've been lucky there. That's that's one thing. With like with with uh, filming, we've we've had uh, small small crew. Like, and we've made sure like no one on set was al- no one was allowed on set if they had not been quarantining themselves for at least two weeks before filming. Nice. They just announced that Robert Pattinson has got it from filming in the Batman movie. So yeah, that's horrible. I don't know if he got it from that, or if he got it from somewhere else, but you know how many no, people no. are working on that scene, that production. There's yeah. it's probably larger than yours. No offense. Oh but, yeah. Oh, yeah. N- none taken. I, I know they've got a much bigger crew than we have. <laughs> just so like, it, it's just crazy, and uh, you know we'll just have to see how that goes out. We wish him well. So we don't want him to end up like Cedric Diggory, do we? No. Oh, oh, well. oh. <laughs> <laughs> great reference there. Stupid Yay. <laughs> so for you know, I've seen uh, I've seen teaser trailers for Terrifier too. Um, what's the hope to have that uh, come out? We're hoping. Well, originally we wanted to release this October. That's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that's going to happen. But uh, we're, we're hoping for early next year. Okay, we we awesome. don't know yet. We're lo- we're looking at different possibilities. I think Damien's even talked about doing a road show with it, Ooh. taking it to different theaters around the nation, kind of like what Kevin Smith did with uh, the new Jay and Silent Bob movie. Oh, and and have you guys go do a little Q and A type of thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. I love those. So that would be fun. Nice. We'll we'll see how feasible that would be. It just it depends what we can get with distribution and stuff like that mm-hmm. because. Like we're seeing now, it's like this whole um, digital, these digital releases are successful. Yeah. It's just, yeah, so I'm like, wow, well, maybe we can just do it that way, too. But I'm like, still, this is one of those films that we want people to have a theatrical experience with it, too. Because this is, you know, there are certain movies that you want to see in a theater. This is the type of movie that you need to see with a big group of people in a theater by yelling and screaming and having fun together. That was what I loved about when Terrifier, the first one, came out. It was going to see this was a big audience. That was so much fun. Is it something where you're in a dark room, you can't hit pause to go get more chips? Yeah. Or hit pause and go, all right, you know, let me let me let me prepare myself for this scene, or or, yeah. or oh, the, the special ones who will fast forward, you know, yeah, through exactly. it. Oh, I, I just want to get to the next scene. Oh well, they died. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to go through it. You got to tough it out. <laughs> now, so, another another thing I know that has affected you greatly is that you do a lot of con appearances. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I've been seeing of late with you know some of the some of the larger ones is that they're doing virtual appearances. Mm-hmm. Have you been approached to do anything like that? You know, I've I've seen like I won't name the the conventions, but some of the larger ones are like you know register here to win like a five minute private video conference with this particular very large star of Hollywood or this particular star of stage and screen. Yeah. I, I've done like one or two of those so far, and you know, I did like one with GalaxyCon, and yes, you know, it's, it's it's different. It's definitely different. You know, it's like it's because like it's they're fun and all, but it's just not the same. It's just not so. You don't have that that true one-on-one interaction like with GalaxyCon. We did a uh, Damien and I did a Q and A Q&A session for free for an hour. And then people could buy time to have a you know private Q and A with the two of us or one on one stuff like that, and 
It's like most people didn't even do that because, like, well, I just did the the watched it for free for an hour. Why do why pay money for, you know? But yeah, a few people did, so that was cool. But it just wasn't the same. No, sure. definitely, definitely not the same for a, you know a, a Zoom meeting as it would be for the um, uh, uh, photo opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And I, I miss doing it. Oh, I, I really miss doing the cons this year because. That's so much fun, and just hanging out with people. Because I, mean, I, I love the after parties. You definitely can't do the oh, after parties right now. It's not safe. No, no. And the, and the better thing with the, the cons as opposed to the virtual ones is, at least at the cons, you know everybody is wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely so. Definitely so. You never know. I, I've, I definitely have some interesting fans out there. <laughs> You're wearing pants, so there we go. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm looking at the clock here, and I know we've been on the line about an hour here, and I know we could probably go another two or three just talking about Halloween and everything. But uh, any final questions or anything you want to uh, throw out to us, or anything we, any questions you guys have for our guest? <laughs> I don't want the moment. We might might see, you know, uh, as David goes through the uh, plugs, I might have a question during that. But, uh, you know, I, I think I'm good. I've, I've, it's been a fun night. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this, this has been fun. You know, David's yeah. hopefully going to be a regular guest with us at least a couple times a year because he's always got something interesting to say and, and always seems to have projects going on. So that's fantastic that you were able to make the time here to come and uh, speak with us here. Well, uh, anything actually, from- actually, here's something too. You know, with uh, with waiting for things in October coming up, um, David, you talked with Damien about doing like a virtual watch party for the original mm-hmm. Terrifier or anything about that? I I, I think we've, we've done a few of those with, you know, different Facebook groups and stuff like that, but, you know, it's, I, I don't know. That, that's all out of my hands because, yeah. you know, that, that has to do, I, I think, like, uh, Especially since it's not on Netflix anymore, it would have to be like someone's actual physical copy of it, and yeah. then you have like you know. I think, I think he had some problems with uh, distribution our, our distributors when we did one of those one time because they're like, oh well, are people paying for this and blah blah. And so it's just like, it's like it's like, dude, it's my own copy. I'm the director. I created this. I can choose what I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> so many kinks to work out for something that could be so fun. Yeah, yeah. Look, oh yeah, that's that's one. There was a question about when we did a we did a drive through of it over at uh, the Chrysler Mansion on Staten Island, and Dame is like, "This is my own physical copy of the DVD they're using." So yeah, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> this is for charity. <laughs> it's like that type of thing. But no, it's, I'm I'm totally open up to it. You know, if, if anybody wants to do it and they get the the you know. They're, they get the permission to do it, so he was like, I'm, I'm just not going to host it myself because I don't want to get any kind of legal oh, trouble God, or anything yeah. like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. I'm like, smart man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to keep those butts covered. Oh yeah, yeah. That, those are the things I, I, I'm learning about with this industry now. Is that the the business side of show business is all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, just seeing all this, the 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 hoops Damien was having to jump through just to get Terrifier 2 on the ground, you know, just to start filming and everything. It's like, oh my gosh. This is so much more complicated than I realize. Making movies is hard. 
even with haunts, it's the same way. You got to have a balance between the uh, creative aspects of it and the business side. You know, the yeah. haunts I've worked at where there were two different people in charge of each of those, and they had to compromise on a lot, yeah. made a better haunt, and you know, makes better productions. Sometimes you can have an incredibly artistic, well thought out thing, but if it's not resounding with people, no one's yeah. going to come see it. Exactly. Exactly. Let's say you just deal with it. You know, it's like that's why I like to let other people be in charge of everything. I just let them tell me where <laughs> I need to be. I'm just like, just tell me where, just point me where I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of where you have to be, you know, we're looking at the clock here. We do need to start winding down. So, this is the part of the show that we like to call the plugs. So, if there is some place that you are planning on being outside of your apartment, Maybe an appearance here, or a virtual something here, or maybe a haunted house. If you come down to Pinheads, please let me know. Yeah. Um, if there's other ways that people can learn more about the actor David Howard Thornton or Art the Clown, there are websites, social medias. Where can people get all that information and so forth? Well, um, as appearances-wise, I'm still supposedly going to uh, Days of the Dead in Las Vegas in October. That looks like it's still on. So if it's still on, I'm probably going to be there. So I'm, I'm really wanting to make it somehow. I'm just going to you know, you know, wear the gloves and the mask and you know, Purell like crazy. <laughs> Will you be wearing an Art the Clown mask? I, I I have um, some um, not necessarily Art of the Clown, but I have Terrifier two masks. I, I actually do. I have some uh, fan made Art of the Clown masks. I'll probably bring it with me. So yeah. Oh nice. Yeah yeah. So that's fun. Um, as for uh, where I'm working on, of course, there's Terrifier two, and then early I think we're gonna start filming it early next year. I'm gonna be doing a uh, movie called Stream with some of the same people that have been working on Terrifier two, our Fuzz and Lens guys. Uh, what they're hoping is going to become a new horror franchise, and we, there's a lot of you know big name uh, horror talent attached to it, like uh, Jeffrey Combs and Felissa Rose, and some other people I can't name yet because they haven't been announced yet. But I'm very excited about it, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So we start filming then. So you've yeah. hit the loop. I mean, there's a lot of movies where it's the same actors making these cool movies, and yeah, you know, like Felissa and Kane Hodder and Bill Mosley, they all make these. You know, movies that everyone knows, and then they make all these other movies that no one's ever heard of, but yeah. they're fantastic movies, and they all make them together. So apparently, you're getting into that loop. It sounds like. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Hey, work <laughs> is work. It's like as long as I'm having fun doing it, that's all that matters. It's, it's that's I'm excited about this, and so I got that going on. I'm supposed to be doing a horror western next year as well. I need a you know, that's going to be. I, I'm going to be playing actually the protagonist in that, so that's going to be fun. I'm going to be playing a, a cowboy that's brought back from the dead, that uh, has his face burned off. So I'm like the skull cowboy. So that's that's going to be a fun project. It's it's a crazy crazy script. I've always wanted to do a western too, so I'm excited about that. So yeah, so I got that going on. Um, as for where to find me, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram under David Howard Thornton, and I also have a cameo page since you know the, the conventions aren't usually going on right now. I've been doing a lot of cameo videos, and I charge the same for that as like what I charge for an autograph. So I, I, I don't want people going broke for me. So <laughs> fantastic, awesome, uh, David. That, that's why I wanted to hit on because I know you had mentioned earlier. Uh, for our listeners who might not know what a cameo is or how to find it, uh, can you just give a blurb of what it is and how they can find you or Art the Clown on Cameo? 
Yes, yes. It's, it's, what Cameo is is just a, a video production where it, you it's an app on your phone and you can request different celebrities to do like a, a shout out to you, like for your birthday or whatnot, or you know if you have an anniversary, or you just want them to give you a pep talk or whatever. I, I've done. I actually have to film one right when I'm done here, and I and they're usually. I mean, my videos are usually about an, uh, a minute and a half to two minutes long. And it's like, you know, different celebrities charge different amounts. I, I charge just 30 right now for mine. I know some people, I think Chuck Norris charges like a few hundred dollars for one. So I'm like, I don't want people to go to broke, you know, go broke just to you know, get a video from me. So, but, you know, I think it's a cool way for, you know, fans to interact with the their, the celebrities and, and back and forth and stuff like that. So it's, it's a cool idea. And you can find me on there under David H. Thornton or David Howard Thornton, something like that. Fantastic. And yeah, I'm looking at the page right now, five-star reviews. So, yes, listeners, when you need that pep talk or that special birthday announcement for yourself or friends, hire a clown. <laughs> hire a clown. <laughs> I'm sold. Yay. Anyway. Well, David Howard Thornton, again, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the Big Scary Show. We uh, can't wait to uh, have you back on again at some point to talk about some other interesting things that you will no doubt have lots to say about. But, of course, we could not do this without our other co-hosts, including the aforementioned Storm. Move Over Hamilton 2022, the big off-Broadway production of the one man, the art of Karen. That's what I'm hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I, it'll just be subtitled, can I speak to your manager? (laughs) That's brilliant. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Meet Hook Jim. Anything I do to follow that's going to fall flat, so I'm just going to let it go. And very good. And you have completely rendered Jerry Vane speechless. Oh, that's right. He was unable to attend the show tonight because of some technical and weather-related concerns. We wish him the best. They're getting tornado warnings all over the Columbus area tonight. My name is Drew Badger. And again, folks, Karen versus Art. Hmm. Who wins? Who loses? We'll see. This is a Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. See, this is good luck. We, we, we know we're going to have David on again because we've got to do another one with Jerry because he'll, he'll just enjoy this. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you've been listening carefully to the show, because it's time for the gruesome giveaway for the month of September. Haunt season has arrived, and now it is time to kick it into high gear. And our good friends at Screamline Studios have some extra special things they want to give to you this month. So, I'm going to ask a question here in just a moment. The answer is in the show. If you listen carefully and you think you know it, send us your name your phone number, and the answer to contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on Monday, September 21st. Plenty of time to listen, plenty of time to get those 
entries in. So, for the month of September, as we kick off haunt season, the question for the gruesome giveaway by Screamline Studios is... Near the end of the Round Table of Terror, Storm talks about putting on a fictional off-Broadway play. What is the name of this off-Broadway play? If you think you know the answer, email us again your name and your phone number to contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on Monday, September 21st. And of course, we couldn't do this without our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com who provide us with fantastic prizes. If you don't win in September, go check out ScreamlineStudios.com anyway and get yourself your Halloween supplies. Once again, folks, thanks again to Screamline Studios for supplying us with these great prizes, and good luck. Twisted Grades. I wish my girlfriend was a zombie. On the Big Scary Show. and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us 
on Facebook. A new dimension in shock, like spending a night in the grave. Three of the most macabre experiences ever put on film. Witness the bone-crushing terror in... The Corpse Grinders! Plus... Sinister and terrifying, The Undertaker and his pals. Fiendish and petrifying, The Embalmer. Due to the highly intense and sinister nature of this program, the producers insist that every person in attendance personally sign a certificate of assurance before being admitted into the theater, certifying each patron of sound mind and body, and that in the event of a coronary insanity or death suffered due to the program, the producers or theater cannot be held liable in any way. Certificates will be handed out for your signing prior to ticket purchase at the box office by special uniformed attendants. A nurse is in attendance at the theater, providing free blood pressure tests to anyone requesting such. The Corpse Grinders! Undertaker and his pals, and the embalmer, the shock of your life. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going to talk about five things about Norse burials that aren't pop culture friendly. I'm sure you're familiar with the old Viking funeral and Norse burial stereotype. Throw a dead guy in a boat, stuff a weapon in his hands, then peg the ship with a fiery arrow as it drifts away. If you've watched HBO's Game of Thrones... House Tully does it for their deceased patriarch. George R. R. Martin's pretty creative, but he nicked just about everything in his series from history. No fantasy series would be complete without borrowing this enduring trope, even if, he, even if it only dates back to the 1958 film The Vikings, which was the first time flaming arrows were mixed in for cinematic flavor. Sure, it's a fascinating spectacle, and yeah, boats and fires were indeed important themes in Norse funerals. But there's only one thing that all Norse burials had in common. They were all characteristically unique, like snowflakes, but with way more dead things. First things first. Why so much variation in Norse burials and Viking funerals? That's a great rhetorical question. Death could come quickly in the Dark Ages, especially if you were part of a tribal culture with a strong emphasis on violence. So if death was a regular part of everyday life, why make each burial a macabre art project? Why not just bury them in a hole, then put a rock on top with their name on it? Today, most burial customs are codified. There's a certain way to do things, depending on the tradition you follow, and most folks sticks with the guidelines. We do burials the way we do them because we're following the way that they've been done before. It's one less thing for the bereaved to think about while they're dealing with the ultimate real-life shit. 
Not so for the Norse, Vikings or Viking Age Scandinavians, whatever you prefer calling the Germanic people that dwelled in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and parts of the British Isles between 793 and 1066 CE. If I may compare Norse burials to those modern shop local trends, the Norse people were into art, artisanal, bespoke graves that fit the individual being buried. What makes these burials so fascinating is that each appears to tell a story, according to archaeologist Neil Pierce. Norse burials were tableaus, more like twisted fictional crime scenes from shows like True Detective and Dexter, where the killer is trying to send a message and a lot less like something you'd find near a church. It's too bad for us that we can only guess what most of those tableaus meant. If I'm not making myself clear with the serial killer connection, then here's your explicit warning. These graves are like one part memorial and three parts homicide seed. This is one of those historical things where you need to stick your modern sensibilities of right and wrong on the shelf in an attempt to understand how folks from a very different time and culture handled death. Or you can judge them all the way through if you like. I don't think they'll mind either way. With that out of the way, let's get into the grit. Here are a few things about Norse funerals that range from esoteric to plain old to effed up, even for HBL. Fact number one. Collateral damage. While all Norse burials are unique, one common theme seems to be that you don't send a dead Norseman or woman off to Valhalla without killing something else to keep them company. One of the scariest things about facing the great unknown is that it's a solitary journey. So it must have been some kind of comfort for a relative, relatively important Norseman to know that when they died, they'd be shuffling off this mortal coil through a grave crowded with friends, wives, slaves, pets, and livestock. All dead, of course. And some of these graves were indeed crowded. Many times, bodies appeared to have been jammed uncomfortably into graves, a few sizes too small. It's tough to tell if this was meant as a sign of disrespect or if it was a case of, you know what, F it. This hole's big enough for Arvid. Just bend him in half. Digging big holes during winter sucks. One late 9th century grave in particular reads like a bad joke. A man, two women, a baby... A horse and a dog walked into an old Morris grave. Dot, dot, dot. They were all laid at different points in the longboat and surrounded by weapons, shields, bowls, and other accessories. The kicker is that this boat was buried on top of another grave so that the keel was aligned with the body of a man who had been buried several decades earlier. It was a grave within a grave a matryoshka doll of mortality. Oh, and many of those bodies were mutilated. The horse, dismembered. The dog, its head rests in a basket on one dead woman's lap. There were dead birds torn to pieces and skewed about the boat for good measure. This was popular. Another example involves a woman buried in Burka, Sweden. She was <clears throat> disassembled. Her head was removed from her body and her lower jaw was removed from her head. In its place, a pig's lower jaw. What does it all mean? Shit, man, what does it mean? Sometimes these grave 
companions would just be stuffed into a box that was laid at the feet of the primary dead person. Maybe it was the Valhalla version of stowing your little dog in a pet carrier by your feet during a flight, except instead of a little dog, there was a whole person inside a box. Carry on, carrion, if you will. Sorry for the bad pun. Fact number two. About Norse burials, sometimes they had to disinter a body in order to re-kill or rebury it. You know how it goes. Sometimes you have to bury your neighbor, but you didn't like him so much, so you skimped on the ritual sacrifices and grave gifts. But now you're paying the price. He's back, but this time he's a dregger, a vengeful revenant who's pissed about the poor send-off, and he's getting back at you by, let's say, withering your harvest and giving you diarrhea. There were remedies for this. One may have been to give the burial a redo. That could mean digging up the departed to throw some gifts in the grave, or it could mean driving a stake through the corpse or removing its head to make sure it's dead. These superstitions may have influenced broader European cultures, leading to Bram Stoker's vampire staking and George A. Romero's zombie decapitation. Even the weapons of the deceased could be killed. Sword blades, bent or broken, spear spear halves smashed, etc. In Norse culture, the weapon was bound to the spirit, so breaking that weapon severed the spirit's last connection to the human realm. It also handily deterred grave robbers, who might otherwise have looted the expense of buried weapons. This helps us to understand why the Norse people took burials so seriously. They were driven by fear. Elaborate burials, related and sacrifices, seemed like a waste of effort, resources, livestock, and people, unless you consider that not going the extra mile could lead to bad fortune via zombie vengeance down the road. Fact number three about Norse burials. Dead bodies weren't inactive. Turning into a dragger doesn't appear to have been the only time Norsemen got busy. Dead bodies don't appear to have been treated as inactive or inert objects. You can see this in the use of temporary graves. For important dead folks, funeral planning and execution could last 10 days or more. Meanwhile, that body needed to go somewhere. Since they didn't have a morgue, they would simply place the deceased in a temporary grave. The temporary grave wasn't just a storage unit. Instead, it was more like the corpse's green room. The living would fill it with items from the dead fellow's rider. Things like food, alcohol, musical instrument, 1,000 brown M&Ms, whatever he liked. These were items meant to help the deceased pass the time while they waited for their big appearance at the funeral. Items in their final graves also suggested that bodies had an active need for various accoutrements in the afterlife. Designer outfits, massive drinking horns, bowls, and weapons were all needed for the non-start party fight to come in Valhalla. Fact number four about Norris burials. Downward spiral drinking the whole time. Grave goods give us a good idea of what accessories were considered important in old Norse culture. So when you see loads of drinking horns, glasses, and even a 300-pint drinking bucket found with traces of mead present, you get the idea that binge drinking was big for the Norse. It's the right idea. Professor Neil Neil Price, 
whose 2012 lecture on Viking Age burials serves as the primary source for this article, notes one particular funeral observed by Ahmad Ibn Fadlan on the Volga River on 922 that featured some heavy binge drinking. A lot of people have interpreted description as a party. And it's not like that. His description is actually rather uncomfortable. People are drinking and drinking and drinking for 10 days. He says sometimes people die from drinking at these funerals. This is not about enjoying yourself. These are people getting into a distinctly different frame of mind. So, rather than imagining a bunch of hard-partying Vikings playing mead pong, think of it like an episode of that intervention show. But if a whole town needed to, ha- needed to help and nobody intervened. This information provides us with normal context clues in regard to what the hell these people were doing with their burials. Namely, by the time they actually put things in the grave, all of these people may have been several days into a non-stop alcoholic bender. It begs the question, did the Viking funeral parties even know what they were doing? Did replacing a dead woman's jaw with a pig's mean something profound? Or was it the 9th century equivalent of drawing on somebody's face with a sharpie? Could they even remember the burials, let alone explain what they meant? Even M. Fodlin, who witnessed a chieftain's burial firsthand, admits he could not discern what was going on. Anyone who had, who's been des- the designated driver at a rager could probably relate to Fodlon here. Fact number five. If you were the one setting a burial ship on fire, you had to watch your ass. While many Viking burials didn't use ships, instead preferring holes in the ground, boxes, wooden tents, barrows, traditional pyres, etc., some actually did. That funeral that Fodlon witnessed on the Volga was one such burial ship. After days of binge drinking, ritualistic sex, violence, and human and animal sacrifices, it was time to set the chieftain and his burial ship, replete with expensive gifts, and other dead bodies ablaze. The dead Norseman's closest male relative approached the boat very carefully. He walked backwards, stark naked, with his face turned to make sure all of his body's orifices were facing away from the boat. Now, you'll do well to note that the human body does not have all of its orifices on the same side. So, the naked fire-starting relative covered his anus with his hand as he backed himself towards the ship. Only after he lit the pyre with his torch was it safe for others to approach and throw their own torches. Can we emphasize with M. Fodlin's general confusion about all of this? What was this man afraid of? Was he afraid of being burnt due to his nakedness? and the fact that he'd been pickling himself with alcohol for the past 10 days or so? That doesn't seem to be it. The naked man is only cautious because the great bonfire is lit, and it seems only concerned with his body holes. And given all the sacrificing and binge-drinking deaths that likely occurred in the lead-up, I'm not so sure these folks were too worried about physical safety. As Neil Price points out, It appears that the man was afraid of something incorporeal, leaving the burial ship and entering his body through the sour end of his gastrointestinal tract. Fascinating. That or the guy suffered from IBS. Mead hammered or not, he was was under a lot of pressure. 
Well, that seems like a good place to stop talking about Viking burials. Honestly, this stuff is just the tip of a very grim iceberg. Women and animals in particular were sacrificed in terrifically inhumane ways to ensure that the important people made it to Valhalla, fully stocked with whatever or whoever they might need in the afterlife. If you do want to learn more about these terrible things that actually happened, check out Neil Price's full lecture, Life and Afterlife, Dealing with the Dead in the Viking Age. Suffice it to say, Old Norse burial customs have not aged well. From an archaeological point of view, they are absolutely fascinating, but they predate modern notions of the value of human or animal life. The grave sites do help put Norse views of death into focus. It's relatively common knowledge that the Norse cared a lot about death and really cared about dying well. You know the trope. Vikings like to die with a weapon in hand, but it appears the process of dying doesn't end there. Rather, it continues on for days after biological death and called for a smorgasbord of accessories, depending on who you were. Perhaps most fascinating, these burials and pre-burials and corpse re-killing suggest that the Norse didn't perceive life and death as binary, opposite, and entirely separate states of being. Even the dead need something to do, lest they rise from their graves, or even worse, fly up your ass and haunt your guts. Anyway... The next time someone tells you they want a Viking funeral, tell them no, that no, they just think they do. Well, it's a bit long, but very interesting, and I've got to thank the website museumhack.com and content writer Alex Johnson for this fascinating list of why pop culture doesn't quite get it right when it comes to the Norse. I hope you enjoyed this one. I did. We'll catch you on the next show. Take
up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Dark Imaginings. Von Caron Productions. Hot Pay. Ticket Leap. And Creepy Collection. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse, as well as the Fordga hosts, including Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com, The Unknown Scare Actor, Actor Trainer and Traveling Actor Troop. For more information, check out MaulMonsters.com, that's M-A-U-L Monsters.com. Drew Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant. Find out more at rabidbadger.org. And Jerry Vane, the Hauntstrumentalist, for all your heavy metal and haunt needs. JerryVane.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.